Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Bush Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording... You guys have been really, really cool tonight. We have five storytellers who are not me, who are going to be coming up and telling their stories on stage. Uh, the first storyteller that I'm about to bring up, she... Uh, is very familiar with like doing podcasts and stuff. She does improv here at the the push sometimes, and her family owns a day spa on the peninsula. Ladies and gentlemen, give her a round of applause, Ramona Rice. Ten months ago. I quit my nine-to-five job to start a digital marketing agency. And thank you. (laughs) Um, And it was, the job I had was actually, I was the communications marketing manager for the largest independently owned real estate company in Virginia. And when I was hired, they were terrible at social media and press releases and corporate communications in general. So when I came in, because they had nobody doing any of this stuff, I immediately looked like a rock star, like a wizard who had all these skills and um, ideas and was fresh and new and exciting. And I was dealing with real estate agents who still thought Facebook, this was like two years ago, who thought Facebook was still something their teenage grandchildren used to communicate with each other. Like, that's the audience I'm dealing with. And so having to just explain to them how important this stuff is for their business and how to grow it was, you know, ultimately my challenge and my joy. And I loved it. And I put my heart and soul into this nine-to-five job. I lovingly worked on weekends and worked evenings because I was just so passionate about it because I fed off of them always saying, you're so good, Ramona, and you're amazing, and you you make me so happy when I see you in our office. And I just was like, huh. It was like a thousand gold stars all the time. So, you know, what happens is, is that when we start realizing our dreams, and I'd always had dreams of being like the most popular and the most beloved, you know, we all have that kind of high school fantasy of being the person in high school that everybody adores. I was not that person, but at this job, I was it, and it was amazing. So when, you know, we're growing up, especially those of us in this country who are privileged to be, you know, white and upper middle class, we are allowed to dream big. We are told that we can dream and dream impossible and that with enough hard work and education that our dreams are absolutely obtainable no matter what. But what they don't tell you is that when you start turning dreams from dreams that you hold in your heart and your head and you start putting them out into reality, you have to include other people. And then all of a sudden, it's not really your dream anymore. And I loved the attention I was getting at my job. And my job would send me to places like San Diego and Washington, D.C. and Las Vegas for conferences. And I would see people on stages, big, giant stages and big, giant arenas talking about social media and marketing and all these things that I thought I was the expert in. 
and they were getting rounds of applause and lines of people wanting to talk to them afterwards and people wanting them to get pictures of them and hashtags and, and they were following them on Twitter and, and I was like, I want that. It's not enough for me just to have it in the small pond in this real estate company that says, what you're doing, Ramona, is enough. So I said, fine, I'm going to push even louder. Well, when I started the 9 to 5 job, my children were in kindergarten and first grade. And in order to do the job the way I wanted to do it, to be that rock star, that ridiculously awesome person that would be so good that then she would be recognized nationally and be invited to be on stages and be rock stars for total strangers in arenas, that requires you to do even more work than possible. So again, working more weekends and more evenings and not going to things like awards assemblies and PTA meetings and um, you know skipping things like bedtimes with my children. Luckily, my husband, he handled that. He, he handled that because he wasn't the kind of guy that dreamed big. He was really satisfied with our house in Hampton and our house, you know, um, being small and our lives being what I thought were small and just he was happy with weekends at barbecues and, and that and he was satisfied and I wasn't because I wasn't fed. I didn't get that kind of like, oh, I really want everyone to really like me. And so when I started the job, I commuted. So I live in Hampton. That is that city beyond that tunnel. I know a lot of you Southsiders. <laughs> You know the tunnel, that Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel. When I tell people in the Hampton, they're like, oh my God, you have to go through the tunnel. Yes, it's okay. You drive through it and you go back. Like there's all these things to do in Peninsula. I promise. There's a whole, whole like cities and destinations and all kinds of stuff over there. And so I would drive actually our office, my office for this company was in Suffolk when the Harborview section. So I would actually take the modern Merrimack, which is a reasonable tunnel. It is rarely... Um, backed up, and it was a 20-minute commute, so it was no problem. But then a year within the job, they moved my office from Suffolk to Greenbrier. Ooh, see, exactly. (laughs) And all of a sudden, that 20-minute commute on a good day was 45 minutes. And all of a sudden, I wasn't getting the Atta girls at the job anymore. I'd been there a year, and they were like, oh, we've seen you before. Oh, we know you. That's okay, you're around. And so that need to be that superstar somewhere else was really, really important. And so I thought that the job would want me to be a superstar. I thought that they would want me to be a national speaker because it would make them look good. They were happy with how I was at that job. They were like, you're doing enough. It never felt like enough for me. On the same time, my marriage didn't feel like it was fitting anymore. It my husband was telling me, you're doing enough, and I didn't feel happy. I wasn't happy that he didn't want the same things that I wanted, that he didn't want the bigger thing, that he didn't see the need for his wife to be this kind of big person in this industry. He just didn't get it because he wasn't involved, and so I tried to get him involved. He didn't want to get involved. You know, he was happy tucking kids in at night. That was what he was happy with, and he was happy with his regular job but I wasn't, and I wasn't happy with a husband like that. So I thought it was his problem, and I thought the job was their problem. And I never, ever occurred to me that it wasn't the job or the marriage, but me, and that I was the problem. But still, I pressed on, and I said, 
fine, job, you're not giving me what I want. I am going to find something better. I am going to leave you, and I am going to do my own thing and become my own rock star. Screw you. And so I said, I still did the work, but I started focusing on doing my own thing. And my husband said, that's fine, but we have debt, and we have a mortgage, and we have kids, and you have got to replace that income before you leave. And I said, fine. So I started working on the side with clients and other things to bring in extra money to pay down the debt. And all of a sudden, not only am I working weekends, because they expect that now, because I had set that expectation, but I'm working for other clients, even less time to spend with babies and husbands and friends, because All I cared about was how it was going to affect me. And finally, everything seemed to be coming into play. In February 2016, I was finally invited to a major industry conference where I was going to be on the big stage and speaking in front of a large room of people. And I was thrilled. And I convinced my boss, an amazing woman, I said, Denise, I've been invited to speak at this conference. I'd like to go. I don't want to use vacation days. Here's how it benefits the company. And I laid it all out. And I said, I will pay for the airfare and the hotel room out of my pocket if you will let me go without using vacation days. And she agreed. And I'm like, yes, this side over here, the job is finally getting it. They're finally seeing it my way. This might work out. Then I go to the husband. I see James. I've been invited to do this thing. Isn't it amazing? My dream is finally coming to fruition. Can I go? Can I figure it out? And not only did we figure out how to go, but he decided, I want to go too. And I'm like, yes, you want to be involved. This is awesome. We'll go together and you'll see, you will finally see how important this is for me, how important it is that we invest this time and money and effort into making me a person that stands on stage in front of strangers and talks and gets all these accolades and why it's so important for our entire life. Because at that moment, I was telling friends how often I felt like if my life were me walking on a beach and all of my hopes and dreams were on a big sleigh, and I'm pulling that sleigh with all of my hopes and dreams, and when you're a mother, you feel like all of your children's hopes and dreams are on that sleigh for a while until they're strong enough to carry them themselves. There were times I felt like he just sat at the end of the sleigh and was just dead weight. It never felt like he pulled his end of the sleigh. But finally, it felt like he's getting it. He understands. Finally, I'm going to get my way. It was a Wednesday morning that we were supposed to leave for Tampa. It was a very early morning flight. And again, we live on the peninsula, and we were flying out of Norfolk in that tunnel. And you never know with the tunnel, so we wanted to leave early enough. And I said, honey, I woke up, and I said, honey, I'm going to go upstairs and take a shower really fast. Can you load the bags in the car? And I probably didn't say please and nicely like that because when you've been married almost 10 years, you kind of forget to do the nice and the things like that. And I go upstairs to take the shower, and I come downstairs expecting my husband to be ready, and he's not. And instead he's lying on the floor having a catastrophic stroke. And in that moment, as I'm calling 911 and as I'm getting help, the only thoughts that can run through my mind are, damn it, I don't get to do this thing today, do I? God damn it, I was so mad at him. I was so angry at the situation, at fates and God going, come on, I had arranged everything. This was the plan, and I finally had my 
shot. And this is what I'm having to deal with? This is what I thought as they're rushing him to, to the hospital. Six hours from there, I was signing the papers to take him off life support. Another three hours from there, I was in the living room telling my children that daddy was dead. And in that moment, and in those hours, I suddenly forgot about any stage, or strangers, or even my job, or anything other than the two people that are left solely in my care, because all of a sudden in those hours, I am now their only parent. I am mommy and daddy. I am the secret keeper from when they're super little because there are things that when you are mom and dad with newborns and babies and you're so tired, inside jokes that only you and mom, only you and the dad get. I am the secret keeper now forever for that, just me. And as I was falling out of love with my husband and my job, both suddenly sprang into life like a love I've never felt because that company, that company that I felt that didn't support me, that didn't love me, that didn't appreciate me, they rallied around me like I have never felt before. My boss, Denise, immediately when she found out, told people in the company, the owners paid for his funeral. The real estate agents raised enough money to send the kids to sleepaway camp in Harrisonburg that first summer with their dad gone. They sent so many cards and letters to my house that the mailman would bring them in those plastic buckets. There were so many I can't even tell you the stacks of papers and the flowers and the food and, and just how much they adored me. And then on a very, very rainy Tuesday, they braved both tunnels because the majority of the real estate agents worked on this side of the water on rush hour, and they went through the HRBT, and they sat in that church as my children and I cried and said goodbye to my husband. I didn't deserve any of it because I had been so shallow in my need for everything that I'd forgotten how much both of these guys had to give. And as I adjusted in those months of getting used to being a single mom, I had to also adjust my work schedule, and they were very kind about that, but they still needed me to drive 45 minutes, and it just wasn't working and I had to make some changes. And it finally came to a head one day when I was in the office. I had a private office in the Greenbrier, our Greenbrier resale office where our marketing department was. And I got an email from the conference that was the next step up from the other conference I missed out on in Tampa. And they wanted me to speak <laughs> on the big stage in front of a room full of strangers. And I was so excited about it, I actually dialed my husband's phone number and I had forgotten my um, parents, we were all on a family plan, and they had moved his phone number to my sister. And she answered the phone, and of course she was thrilled for me, and she was thrilled she was getting the news at first, but it wasn't James. It wasn't the person I wanted to share that news with. And so as I hung up the phone with her, I cried really hard and just said, wow, boy, this dream doesn't really seem that important now, does it? And it was at that moment that I took stock of everything, about how much time I'd spent away from the kids and what they needed and what I needed. And what the three of us really needed was just time. We didn't need accolades. We didn't need attention. We didn't need anything but time with each other. And I made the decision to quit my 9-to-5 job.
I moved in with my mom and stepdad to help with expenses. I gave six weeks notice at the job, and it was really difficult because I know how much they supported me, and I still felt in my heart that I was irreplaceable, that I was still their rock star, and I made sure that I stockpiled their social media and their blogging so that they could find plenty of time to find somebody. And it was the last day of the job, and they didn't really do a big send-off for me, and I didn't care. The kids and I brought bagels in, and they let us go home early. And so the last day of work for me was a day spent at my husband's favorite barbecue restaurant. And then we went to see a movie, the three of us. And it was the first step of us discovering what it's like really to be a family of three. And this summer, instead of really working for clients and really working for attention, and yeah, I did speak on that stage, but that was pretty much my only event, I sat with my kids, and there were days we didn't get out of our pajamas. There were days we cried like babies, and there were days we just hung out with each other. And that's all we did, because it was enough. And what I had to start doing and start being really brave about was saying, it's okay for me to dream again. And so I started taking on new clients because I had to earn some type of income. And that's when I started a digital marketing agency because it was easy to do and flexible. But I've learned the balance. I've learned that my life doesn't revolve around standing on stage for accolades for total strangers. The only two people that matter in this world are those two tiny, precious, tiny humans that my husband and I created together. And my favorite thing to do now in the world is tuck a in at night. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller Podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.